0: I'm Head of Strategy for BA Systems. I work for Dyson. and I am Senior Sustainability Engineer.
1: I'm a Materials Engineer working for the supercar brand McLaren Automotive.
0: I'm Principal Technologist and Founder of Keir Technology Solutions.
1: Engineering is the best. It is so exciting and there are so many different ways you can go. I worked my way up through the ranks. I got 40 plus years of experience doing that. Still every day I just think it's mental. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you can't be it. If you heard those engineers and thought, I could do that, then you're in the right place. Welcome to I Could Do That, a podcast by Silver Fox and the IET. I'm Alec Feldman, and each week I'll be joined by a different engineer who's achieved excellence in their field of choice and find out their story. We're joined today by John Tozer, who is the Project Director of Complex audio visuals at HoloViz. Hi.
0: How are you doing, Alec? It's good to meet you. It's good to be here.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Already... HoloViz sounds like the kind of company you'd get in a movie set far, far in the future. What is it?
0: It does sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah, we are a technology company that supplies immersive tech systems to theme parks and uh, attraction creators. It could include automotive, it could include aerospace. But largely these days, most of our businesses is, is in the entertainment sector.
1: When you say immersive experiences... We're talking like virtual reality, 4D when you're watching a movie and you get splashed.
0: Yeah. So it could be VR. It could be augmented reality. It could be projection. It's audio systems. It is smells and SFX in some instances as well, but We're we're always trying to put you in a different place to where you actually are. That's for sure.
1: That's such a cool
0: job. It, it is fun. It is fun. Um, I do have to pinch myself sometimes because I definitely work for some clients that um, I would count as heroes of my childhood and my, and my life as it progresses forward, really, but with some amazing people.
1: Are you allowed to name drop?
0: Yeah, we work for the likes of Universal Studios, um, SeaWorld, other large theme park owners within the states and around the world uh closer to home merlin alton towers thought park and then on the the enterprise side as we call it so the non-theme parky stuff it would be people like jaguar land rover or mclaren or uh bae systems and stuff like that
1: that's very cool are you a big theme park guy yourself
0: i am a big theme park guy um a lot of us are at of actually mm. many of us grew up in the world of, of theme parks and theme entertainment some of us didn't, but just like doing cool stuff, cool engineering things. But I, I grew up in it. it it was a big part of my childhood, um, for sure, it's a, it's a big part of my lifestyle still, as well as uh, a few people that I work with. It's, it's it's, not uncommon that we spend our vacations going
1: to theme parks. So did you know when you were growing up, this was the kind of thing you always wanted to do for your job? Uh, I didn't,
0: I think, especially back in the nineties when I was, I grew up in the nineties as, as a kid, don't think I ever considered it even a possibility you know you, you go to Disney or those kind of places and you don't consider that that's a job it's just it's it's a place that you go to get lost and to feel different and to have fun and to explore and to feel excited by you didn't really consider that it could be a job It wasn't until I was uh trying to find my route forward in life that it actually occurred to me that somebody somewhere had made the decisions in the theme park that led to the final result so thought that maybe i could do that for a living myself and turns out i can
1: how do you go from that realization that actually it is something you can be paid for to being the one who gets paid for it
0: yeah Yeah, i mean especially being in the uk traditionally is a bit less of a um a path that you could go down if you're in america you go to orlando or maybe you go to the west coast and go to california and you apply for universal or the disney college program or one of those things and you try and go there where you're in the uk uh, where you can't get on a plane and just up sticks and just decide i'm going to move to florida now
1: <laughs> yeah it's a bit harder yeah it's a, it's
0: a bit more difficult you have to uh just try and be a bit more resourceful with the opportunities that are presented it just turned out that all of this is uh, 50 miles down the road from where i live in Birmingham and the company exactly aligned with what I trained and studied and it offered to the industry um, exactly what I wanted to do. So it was it was a big, big, big part of luck as well that the company existed. If Holubis hadn't, exi- had, hadn't have existed or I hadn't realized Holubis had existed, I'm pretty confident I would have figured it out but it would have taken a bit
1: longer. That's perfect. That is very lucky. Yeah. So what training did you do?
0: I went to uni and I studied uh, sound engineering and production. So audio systems, really. That's quite a common way to get into AV. It's a bit more difficult to study video systems, projection and, and all that kind of stuff. So audio is a pretty common way that we as AV engineers fall into the industry. So I was a musician, still am, but I was a musician at school, played played in bands and stuff like that. and then What was your instrument? I'm a drummer. Which uh, I still enjoy although uh, a little less than I'd like given the amount of work that needs to be done but that's okay I enjoy oh, yeah. that too
1: another feeling
0: but yeah so drumming and then when I went to college I had I realized I thought to myself in my infinite wisdom I don't need a degree or a certification to say I can play drums I get a degree to say I can record them instead so I did sound engineering and became an audio engineer at the back of that and then of course, Audiovisual industry was a the right fit to move into.
1: So, what does your day to day look like, sort of briefly?
0: Sure. So, I'm responsible uh, for the company for looking after the complete project life cycle of a project. So, that starts with the business development side of things, so selling or helping to define budgets or helping to figure out how much things might cost, because that is a necessary evil of doing business is is selling um, and Money and knowing that the commercial aspects drive so much of what gets built and what doesn't get built. So starting with the commercials and then moving into design phase once the the project was converted and we're getting paid, which is important. Going through the design phase, going through installation, onto site, and then closing it out. I'm responsible for pretty much all of the AV projects that move through the the organization, and I am generally doing something in each one of those particular job cycle phases in any one day. So it t- changes from hour to hour, quite literally.
1: So what do you reckon the most important personality traits somebody would need to do your job?
0: Alec, I think the most uh, important traits for anybody, uh, especially I've noticed in my career, has been resourcefulness. It's important to be, to be that, regardless of what I've been doing so as a training engineer, being on site and having to get something done and not necessarily having immediately at your disposal, the exact tool or the exact piece of material that you might need, but the job needs to get done. It's like figuring out a way to get it done because if you don't figure it out, someone else has to. So just getting it done or figuring out how to do it yourself and that kind of mentality and that approach I've kind of taken into all aspects of my career. Uh, whether that be business development or design or commissioning or contract negotiation or whatever it might be, resourcefulness has been kind of a key attribute that has helped me in my situations. And then I'd say as well, perseverance, playing the long game, short-term decisions or short-term thinking. It's not as fruitful as long-term thinking and long-term plays. And that, that, that goes for every... Aspect of life, whether that be healthy eating or working out or or getting better at a musical instrument or sport, it's about the perseverance behind it and the compound interest that you get over days and years of doing it, and then eventually you realise that you're better than you were. So I'd say that it would be resourcefulness and perseverance are kind of the two traits that I hold
1: most dearly. How have you applied that? What are the sort of big challenges you faced over the years?
0: I'd say the biggest. Problem that we're facing now, because of course the biggest problem that you've you've ever faced is the one that you're looking at in most circumstances, because problems are bigger, closer up. I'd say it's skills um, and having skilled individuals or enough skilled individuals in the right places to complete projects or complete tasks or complete milestones, really. And it's about bringing it back to the resourcefulness and the perseverance it is the resourcefulness in I've got to figure out how we're going to get through this milestone because not everyone is available or the people that you wish you were available now no longer are, or they might have left the company or they might have got ill or another project might have come along and and taken those people so you can't have them. So being resourceful in thinking, well, what are you going to do with the limited people that you have? Because there is a skill shortage right now, um, for sure. And I think that that's, that's going to continue to be the case. And then the perseverance in that as well, that you've got to have a plan, but it might need to be molded or adjusted and just sticking with it and just seeing things through to the end because it can be really easy to not do that. But it's, it's in the difficult times where the most gains are made.
1: Every single person I've had on, they always say that it's the skills and there's not enough people with the right skills coming through. That's very interesting.
0: I mean, I'm trying to do things to pay it forward. I um, you know, I, I speak more universities. I champion in um, hopeful students to come and do work experience with us in their kind of gap years. Uh, we've got a great intern right now that's from my old uni that's with us right now. We're teaching him some stuff. Um, I go in and speak often and try to do things that get people interested in working in the industry that we're in. Because just like I was saying at the beginning, For a lot of people, they don't necessarily consider that working as a theme park guy, especially one that gets to like ideate and create and come up with crazy ideas for theme parks. It doesn't sound like a real job, but it is a real job and the industry needs it. And for people that aren't in the States, It can just seem like a far-fetched thing. Like I can imagine saying to my teacher at school, what do you want to do for a job? I want to build theme parks. Okay, sure, John, pat me on the head and kind of send me out the door. (laughs) But there's a genuine industry out there that needs engineers, needs creative, needs good thinkers, needs problem solvers, um, needs people who know how to negotiate, know how to do business, know how to sign off and attraction and those things. And not necessarily saying that you have to turn up trained in those things because... Wouldn't that be great? But at least having the mindset and the desire to persevere through this industry t- t- to get to that place.
1: Are you based in Leicester, the company? We're
0: based in Hinckley, that's our HQ. yeah. Okay.
1: How many people work for Hot? We're about
0: 150 people globally. Mm. So our headquarters is in Hinckley um, in the UK. We're roughly about 90 to 100 people there. Again, software developers, artists, engineers, project managers, business support and you know, all of that stuff. Uh, we have our second biggest office is in Orlando, uh, where I spend a lot of my time and I spend a lot of my time in the, in the past is, is building out that excellent group. Um, there's about 30 to 40 people there. Then we have a team out in Abu Dhabi, actually just finishing, finished up delivering uh, SeaWorld Abu Dhabi, which is amazing. So um, props to the team out right there. They did a stunning job for, for SeaWorld and for Morale, who are the owners. And then we have uh, guys out in China as well, in Shanghai, in Shenzhen, uh, where they manufacture a lot of LED. Well, all the LED in the world comes out of Shenzhen. So we kind of spread out, but our, our, we're centred in the UK and Orlando is becoming ever increasingly
1: a base operation for us. What do people misunderstand most often about you and what you do?
0: Misunderstand. I would say that me on a personal level, whatever perceived success I have within the company or within the with, 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 within the industry, um, that it just occurred. But really, what happened is over a decade of absolute graft, knowledge acquisition, passion, working long hours, putting the company and the projects first. Often ahead of my own personal needs, you know, and all the things that go into being a responsible employee and a responsible um, professional of the industry, pushing the industry forward and doing it for our guests and doing it for our customers. And Holivers have an important place. We we hope to think we do in the in the industry. And we didn't just turn up and we weren't gifted, or I wasn't gifted, or the company wasn't gifted. That the, the, the company's been going for almost twenty years now. And it's, it's, it's just, it's graft all the time. You know, we, we, we never approach a situation with any sense of entitlement. I certainly don't do it from a personal perspective within the company or on behalf of the company. And yeah, we just, we're always very, very grateful for any opportunity that comes our way or any desire for people to work with us. So yeah, it's the graft and it's all of that stuff that, that people don't see.
1: I ignore the haters. They're just jealous.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no haters for sure, but I often am always trying to get people to understand that beneath any form of perceived success is uh, a lot of graft and grit. I think that's the biggest, I guess, misunderstanding. And also people think I build roller coasters and uh, my roller coasters would not be safe.
1: So, Is that what, like, when you go to, like, family gatherings, is that what they think you do? And you're just like, yeah, I build roller coasters, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, we we help, we help. To
0: build the attraction that a roller coaster is is is, is inside of, but uh, yeah, we we as a company have a rule that we don't touch anything that could kill somebody. So um, that's our that's our rule.
1: Yeah, good rule, good rule. Yeah. So that that graft, that grit, that putting your work ahead of your personal life. What are the challenges you face when you were first starting out? Because
0: I think I think at the beginning, it's not a habit. It's something that you have to consciously do. I think on a personal level as well, it's something that you have to consciously, very consciously do. Whilst other people around you maybe are not doing it, so going home at the end of every day and then figuring out what to learn and how to learn and putting yourself in positions that enable you to move forward as a professional, which those people around you may perceive that they're entitled to, maybe because they were there before you or because they're older than you or whatever it might be but it's all that legwork that you put in at the weekend on a Sunday morning, you know, um, of an evening or just working smartly at work. It's, you know, it's not necessarily about just grafting and selling your soul because I like to do that. I haven't sold my soul. Um, but it is just about kind of working smart and knowing that anything that, that might be perceived as luck, you've got to be prepared to get lucky. So it's kind of like thinking for yourself really. And, Trying to make sure that you are following your own path as opposed to the paths of people around you. You love what you do? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I'd always wanted to do this, and I'm extremely lucky that I get to do exactly what I do, you know, and drive home at the end of every day to my little house in Birmingham, which uh, is a pretty, pretty unique thing for sure.
1: Final question Favourite roller coaster anywhere in the world?
0: Favourite roller coaster or favourite attraction?
1: Okay, favorite
0: attraction. Okay, I think my favorite attraction of all time is the one I kind of mentioned as a as an example is Adventures of Spider-Man, Universal Studios Islands Adventure in Orlando. Phenomenal attraction it has everything, has everything, can still still today, but you know, you ask me tomorrow. It could be different. In fact, I'm already thinking that maybe I answered that question incorrectly, but it would just be a discussion at that point. And uh, (laughs) your your show would go on for hours and hours and hours of me me talking to myself. But I'll I'll go with
1: Spider-Man today. You've been listening to I Could Do That, a podcast produced by the IET and Silver Fox. Silver Fox proudly support engineers around the world with their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer can print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for engineers in the field. For more information, please visit silverfox.co.uk